This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. He's Greg, I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by Athletic Greens. One-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right. And betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. Greg, unfortunately, it is our job to break down this Bills game, which was brutal last Thursday night. And we talked about this before the game. You had this offseason. You've had the last two to three years to kind of game plan and get this roster together to combat what the Bills do. And that's what we got, Greg. Nick, it was it was unbelievable. And I don't know how it came across on TV. Um, I'm sure, you know, you were going to have your thoughts, but I'm just telling you in the building watching this. I just kept saying to myself over and over, like, this is all you have. This is. This is it. I mean, it's basically like to play possum, to play dead. Like, don't run it up on us too much. Like, I'm, we're hoping you make mistakes. Like, that seemed like the approach. And, like, look, I understand. You know, sometimes the team's just better than you. And uh, and you you have to play a certain way. Like, the Bengals knew that the Chiefs, are more much more talented with with them. They can't they can't get in, even though they can score the Bengals. At the end of the day, they don't want to get in a track meet with the Chiefs. They're not going to win a track meet at the end of the game. You know their best way to win that game, given that they can't protect the quarterback and they have you know their defense is good, but I wouldn't say it's great. I you know and the and the Bengals went with sort of like a similar approach, at least offensively, to what the Patriots did. We're gonna. Well, even though the Patriots didn't really run the ball, but the Bengals were tried to shorten the game. They made the Chiefs have as uh, the Chiefs have as few as drives as possible, and that's how they were going to play it. And the Patriots sort of did that in this game. They basically went in this game and said, "Look, we need to go on these. We need to make sure the Bills don't have the ball that often." So what we're going to do is on offense, we're going to play ball control. We're going to run it a little bit. We're going to have a lot of dink and dunk passes. We're just going to try to, um, we're just going to try to just take care of the ball, keep the ball as long as possible. And then on offense, we're going to, we're going to sit back. We're going to allow them to go on drives, but we're going to try to make the crucial play, the turnover, um, get off the field on third down. Okay. That was the plan going in. I understand, but none of that worked at all. And, and to the point where, you know, the Belichick after the post game in the post game said he was asked about the defense and like, Oh, they were on the field for almost 40 minutes and blah, blah, blah. Like, and Bill said, I think we were pretty competitive on that side of the ball. Like seriously, like what game were you watching? The bill scored on the first three drives to go up 17-7. By that time, the game was over. The only reason why the score was that low is because the Bills kept shooting themselves in the foot. Four offensive penalties. They dropped five passes. Allen, you know, made a stupid fumble when he got careless with the ball out of the pocket. Like, that's about as bad as the Bills can play. And you still weren't remotely the same on the same planet as that team. And really, after all this offseason, after what happened last year, about the changes on offense, about – you know, bring getting faster on defense. None of it worked. They're not any closer. In fact, they feel a hell of a lot further away from the bills than they did even last year. And I didn't even think that was possible. I was watching that game and I just kept saying to Kelly, they have no chance. 
Like mm-hmm. you could tell they, they had no chance. They had no chance to win that football game. It, it was rather obvious that they were being dominated. There was the only chance they had is if Buffalo turned the football over three or four times. That's literally the oh. only chance they would have had. And even if they turned the ball over three or four times, I still don't know if they win that football game. Two things from Belichick that bugs me because we'll get into the offensive disaster in a minute. Two things that killed me about Belichick in this game. The end of the first half clock management is an embarrassment. Yep. That is that is shameful what happened at the end of the first half. The fact that you run the football in the middle of the field, you stand around for 10 seconds, then you call a timeout, then you QB sneak and get the first down and, and instead of clocking the football and saving your timeout so you can work the middle of the field. And I don't know, try to score a touchdown against an offense, which has ripped your heart out of your chest, three straight games. Instead of doing that, what they do is QB sneak, stand around for a couple seconds and waste their final timeout. Like, what are we doing here? You're playing for a 45 yard field goal bill in a game that you need points. Like you, and, and this, this happened again, Later in the game, Greg, which I know you want to talk about, the fourth and seven, you're down three possessions, 24 to seven. There's 12, 17 left in the game, and you punt. And you punt. There's just, there's no way, there's not enough time in this kind of game that you're going to be able to come up with the stop, get the football back, and score enough. Ridiculous. They played it safe. They played this game not to lose by 30, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. At a certain point in time, and I think, you know, all the complaining that we heard from the players after the game, you know, which we'll get to. But I think the crux of it was, you know, look, I don't think the players loved the game plan going in. I thought they looked at it and they said, are we trying to win this game? Like, what's what's the point of this? But then again, you know, sometimes players are wrong and maybe the coaches are right. Belichick knows, you know, he's he's brilliant. And this was probably the the way that the Patriots, because they're just not good enough, something that we talked about at the start of the season, Nick, where I said, you know, after the 53-man roster cutdown, I'm like, this team isn't any good. Like, and of course, I got a lot of pushback on that. But this was probably the way that they needed to play. But I think what really irritated the players was, okay, our plan didn't work just like we thought it wasn't going to. But then we never changed. We never tried to win the game. We didn't say, oh, all right. Oh, hell. It's 17-7. Let's scrap what we're doing. Let's throw the ball down the field. Let's go after Josh Allen. Let's leave it all hanging out on the field. Because, you know, what have we been doing this whole time? And, of course, what happens? They don't do anything. And that, that fourth down, Nick, you're exactly right. You're at the 46-yard line. Your own 46-yard line with... 12 17 left and you punt like that would if i were a player right there i would have been pissed off at that because that was the last chance to win the game and you the only reason you don't go for and and bill to have the audacity the audacity to say i was trying to stay in the game with that decision is that a joke? Like, are you trying to get the players pissed off? Like, Bill, I love you. I do. You're the greatest of all time. But stop saying dumb crap, you know, like you have in recent weeks with or, you know, in the last year about, you know, statistics and our yards and things like that. Like you have been you you've just gone off the reservation on some of this stuff. And for you to say you were staying in the game, the only way you stay in the game is you're banking on the bills, a ball going off their face, like Gunnar Olszewski in Pittsburgh. 
Like that's the only reason why you punt there or you're going to run some sort of neato fake punt or something like that. Like you have to go for it there. That's not staying in the game. You decline to go for it because you don't get want to you don't want to get blown out. You were trying to save face. That was all you were doing at that point. And frankly, it's embarrassing for this franchise to be at this point. I totally agree with you that that decision was, hey, let's not get embarrassed after, you know, not getting these guys to punt two games in a row. That's what it was all about. The first half, the Bills, again, could have gone, you know, without punting. Maybe they did. I forget. It was such a disaster. I know they didn't punt for at least a quarter and a half on Thursday night. That's what it was all about. It was, hey, I don't want to be embarrassed on Amazon Prime on Thursday night. Uh, you mentioned the players complaining after the game. What would you think of that? What would you think of Mac Jones screaming on the sidelines, Greg? So, um, you know, I look, the players – Mac Jones uh, complaining about the quick game, Kendrick Bourne talking about scheme, you know, the players just complaining overall. And by the way, they might not say it for the record, but this also goes for the defensive guys. There are defensive, there are defensive guys on that field or on that team that have looked at this basically from the beginning, but certainly this year and look at it and be like, this is, this is a clown show like what's been going on in offense. So it's not just the offensive guys, but you know, as far as the game plan went, like, again, um, you know, on film, you know, you could see some, there, there were some promising things and you can understand why they went in this direction. The bills are a terrible tackling team. Um, they're not the fastest team. They're me- missing some people in the secondary. Like I understand going with the quick game, but the thing is, if you go with the quick game, the execution has to be on point and and it wasn't i mean from like the, the trent brown and connor mcdermott couldn't cut block for their lives like you need to execute that stuff if you're going to run the short game if not it looks really bad i mean the marcus jones play worked in the short game you know but the other stuff i i noted the plays because it was such a topic after the 48 yard touchdown zero yards incomplete three six three minus five Six quick game plays averaged 1.2 yards. So Mac Jones was right when he said the quick game effing sucks. I mean, that is in fact correct. But here, I don't absolve the players on this, okay? And especially Mac Jones. Like, there were plays to be made in this game, and even some of his completions. Like, he was throwing the ball high all over the place from the get-go. Even some routine plays were high and he's going to get somebody killed this way. And so it, it, yes, the coaches didn't do a good job. I didn't like how they didn't adjust and just say, Hey, let's go for it. This stuff isn't working for us. Let's go for the victory. Like what they did. That's that. That's not good. You can't do that, but the players bear some of this also. And Mac Jones did not play well in this game. He's actually one of my three downs. Um, it got now in to his benefit. It got worse as it went on which has to do with pressure and frustration and things like that. But, you know, now they've, the Patriots have completed the ruin your young quarterback playbook where now you're to the point where Trevor, Trevor Wilson was Trevor Lawrence was last year uh, for the Jaguars against the Patriots, where you looked at him, you're like, his mechanics are all off, you know? And so it's, it's a disaster right now. It is a disaster. It's a, it's an absolute disaster. And, you know, the, the thing that drives me nuts, and, and I don't have an issue with 
with the with the you know players complaining about what happened and all of that. I, I really don't. I don't have much of an issue at all with, with with the complaints because at a certain point you have to complain. At a certain point, enough is enough. At a certain point, you know you've got to say, hey, look, you know this isn't working. What we've been doing, and we're playing to pretty much keep this game tight. I have no problem with Mac Jones finally getting frustrated with with Matt Patricia in this offense because it's been a joke from day one. And so uh, I almost like the idea of the players kind of prodding and pushing a little bit, even if, even if this wasn't the best moment to do it, there's four or five games left at some point, somebody's going to call this staff out and make them feel uncomfortable. The media calling them out is not going to do enough. That's not going to do the job. So at some Mm -hmm. point, the players, you know, calling these guys out, maybe that will wake up bill Belichick. But at this point, it's just, it's too late. It's too late. And what drives me crazy is, We said this before the season. We gave Bill the benefit of the doubt because he's Bill Belichick. This was a terrible plan. It was everybody knew it within their bones that this was a terrible plan. And we said it before the season, Greg, that if this thing misfires, that Mac Jones was going to regress. And the biggest sin that you can commit in the NFL is screwing up your young franchise quarterback. And that's precisely what is happening right now. You are screwing up Mac Jones because you gave Matt Patricia two full-time jobs. He was experienced in neither of those. You made Joe judge the quarterback's coach, which was a disastrous idea. The play calling sucks. The offense has no rhythm. You can't score in the red zone. You run the ball 13 times against a Buffalo defense that isn't very good against the run. I have no idea what what to make of it at this point. This is all on Bill Belichick. And so I get it. I'm fr- I was frustrated by week five or six. I get the players saying enough is enough. Even if it wasn't the best time, I- I'm, I'm fine with them. Because at, at a certain point, it's going to boil over. And at a certain point, you got to say enough's enough. This is BS. We're not getting the job done. It's driving them crazy. And part of that, Greg, is, is, is the offensive line, which we'll get into in a minute. And, and the pressure that Mac consistently faces. First, tell the fine people about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for five months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, even though it looks that way and is. It has kind of a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all the things all the things you're looking for i take it first thing in the morning and it's now part of my routine and i'd be lost without it i love how it contains less than one gram of sugar no gmos no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good Right now, it's time to reclaim your your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's all it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It would make a fantastic Christmas gift for somebody who's in your life that you're looking to get a little healthier. I, I highly recommend it. Hey, go buy a BSJ subscription and then go get go over to Athletic Greens. Knock it out right there. There you go. Knock it out right there. So the uh, you know what's uh, not knocking out of the park anytime soon is this offensive line. Thirty nine percent pressure again. 
Greg, as you've mentioned countless times on this podcast, 30% pressure is high. 40% is likely a loss. You were at 39%. Uh, again, Mac running for his life. And now not only that, I want you to talk about the pressure, but also the fact that now we're seeing Mac Jones's mechanics start to fall off a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the way I chart it, and it's different than some people, but I chart the same every week, so I think it's consistent. But since Jones became the full-time starter um, against the Jets in Week 8, he's faced pressure rates of 49%, 38%, 35%, 40%, and 39%. Like, you can't play quarterback that way. If Tom Brady was the quarterback here, he would not be Tom Brady. And the Patriots would be scuffling. All right. Granted, probably not this bad, you know, because he's Tom (laughs) Brady. But, you know, to think it's just I I don't know. I don't know how there can be people out there, but I see him on Twitter. People are out there who saying it. Mac Jones sucks. And this is Mac. It's ridiculous. It's the scheme and it's the lack of protection. And I think the decision to go to this game, Nick, I don't know how you feel about it, but okay, so. Uh, Kajuice can't answer the bell because he had something late in the week. You already don't have Isaiah win. Um, and you go with Connor McDermott, who got here like two days ago, and who's not – he wasn't any good when he was here. That's where that drop on Felger and Mads came from when I kept saying Connor McDermott. It's because he was like one of the worst players every week when he was here, <laughs> and he was cut as a draft pick his first year. And you, you throw him out there – and gee, what a wonder. He can't do anything. Can't cut block, can't pass block, can't run block. Like, are you telling me that the Patriots would be would have been worse off with Michael Winnie at right tackle and James Ferentz at right guard or Bill Murray at right guard or somebody at right guard? Um, you know, Rusi, somebody else that you have on the roster that's actually been here, that's been practicing with the team. Like, that's a joke, and I think that's another bad decision. I think all of this between the pressure, the scheme, not doing what, you know, is really in his best interest and and not getting good coaching during the week from Joe Judge because he doesn't know how to coach the quarterback position, Matt Jones has completely regressed. It's now bottomed out to the point where his mechanics, his, his throwing mechanics were all off in this game. They got worse as the game went on. And this is when you need like he needs to go to Tom House or something or like it's just going to get worse because the in the fourth quarter, I had him for a bunch of, you know, high throws for the game. I had him for seven poor throws in this game to put, put that in context. In his first seven starts, I had a total of 16. So just over two a game. And now he's at seven in this game. And to me, it's just all about the circumstances around him. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. He's not completely blameless, obviously. I tweeted this on Thursday night. He's not he's not playing very well. He's had a couple of good games. I thought he was thought he was fine, if not good against Minnesota. I thought he was fine against the Jets. But he has not been overall a, a very good quarterback this year. But how in the world can you blame this guy about his performance? Like some of it is absolutely on him, but most of it, the vast majority of it is on coaching. It's on the offensive line. It's about not supporting your young franchise quarterback. We saw this play out last year in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. If you do not support your young quarterback, if you don't do right by him, he's going to fall apart. And we saw with Justin Fields, look, all of a sudden, Justin Fields is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in football because Chicago finally figured out, hey, this dude can run. Mm -hmm. Hey, this dude's dual threat 
you know, ability is his best ability. Let's utilize it. Let's actually play to his strengths. This has been a disaster by Bill Belichick. It, this, this offensive inadequacy, this regression of Mac Jones is 100% on Bill Belichick in the circus of buddies that he has coaching this offense. It's an embarrassment. It is a debacle and he needs to be criticized from pillar to post the way he handled this thing. It is a joke. And honestly, Robert Kraft, I'm not a big fan of owners meddling, right? I don't want owners mm -hmm. to get in the middle of stuff. I don't like when Jerry Jones has to have his own personal press conference after every game. But if I'm Robert Kraft, this season is over. I've got two things for you, Bill. Number one, bring in an experienced, smart, offensive mind who can help bring back my young quarterback that you used a first round pick on. Number two, if you don't win a playoff game, you're out. That's it. You've had a three-year window. This is going into year four post-Brady. If you can't win a playoff game, if you can't get this thing straight, hey, look, I love you. I appreciate you. Greatest coach of all time. But now you're in your 70s, and you're not getting the job done. And I have to move on. There are other guys out there that we can bring in. If I'm Robert Kraft, that can be a very good head coach. Bring in a GM that's experienced, that can actually do that job as well, and start the new era. And, and it's not because, you know, look – Everybody talks about Bill Belichick, the coach versus Tom Brady, the quarterback, Bill Belichick, the executive has let down Bill Belichick, the coach. He lets his friends get too close. He trusts them too much. He puts too much on their plate and he, he decides that I'm going to rather keep it in my family circle of like five or six versus going out and just getting the best coaches. Bill O'Brien could have been that guy who knows what would have happened, but you, you, you might've had a shot at building, building, uh, bringing Bill O'Brien in. Nick, one thing on that, now that you bring it up, um, you know, I know the way Bill operates, and this is part of the reason why he's gotten in a lot of trouble with his losing his coaches and coaching staff, because he doesn't communicate, especially during the football season. There's no talk about after the season, what we're going to do later. I would caution, and this is probably going to set you off, but the, I would caution Bill, like, he needs to be proactive on the Billy O'Brien front because really that's the only option that they have. Like that's, that's the most ready option. I think that he, and he has not told me this and I'm not telling you anything that I mentioned here. I have not been told. I'm just, I, I'm just, I know people involved in the situation and this is me reading the tea leaves. Number one, Bill O'Brien has not heard from the Patriots. Okay. Number two, I think he would like to come back here. And number three, I think O'Brien's going to have suitors. And the longer you wait, I mean, like, look, McDaniels could be interested in bringing in, like, a, a guy that he trusts more to run his offense so he can super be more of a CEO coach after this season. It wouldn't be a shock if that's one of the adjustments he makes after his first season. Um, you know, Mike Vrabel, there's a lot of changes going on in Tennessee right now. Um, and while I think their offense has been fine, I mean, John, John Robinson just got fired as the GM, which is shocking. So it wouldn't shock me if there are more changes. Mike Vrabel worked for Billy O'Brien in Houston, and maybe Billy O'Brien really likes, you know, his his offensive mind and stuff like that, along with, you know, there might be college options for O'Brien. But I think he wants to get back in the NFL. I think he would prefer to come home. Bill just better not do his normal stuff where he sits on his hands and he just worries about the team. Like you just had a mini buy. Like there's no reason not to call Billy O'Brien and start to feel him out about this and to see what's going on. So, um, 
I probably upset you a lot right there, but I figured I'd pass <laughs> I mean, I know, I know we're ranting a little bit, but who cares? It's needed. Like, and I think every Patriots fan watching that game on Thursday night felt it like enough is enough, man. We we've talked about it, right? I, I'm tired of, we, we, we gave Belichick the benefit of the doubt. We all said, Hey, last year, 10 wins, even though it ended ugly, they got to the playoffs. That was a step forward. Let's give them this off season so they can take another step forward and figure out what they could have done better last year, et cetera, et cetera. And Hey, look, yes, this plan looks like it's a disaster, but maybe Belichick knows more than we do. You know, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that it won't be that bad. Maybe Belichick is going to have, you know, more of the offense under his umbrella. Maybe he's going to call some of the plays, yada, yada, yada. We gave him the benefit of the doubt because of the resume and because what he has done and he deserved the benefit of the doubt, but now unequivocally, this has been a disaster. And the guy who made the decisions is Bill Belichick. Simple. That's it. Full stop. It's on him. If this worked out and Matt Patricia was all of a sudden an offensive savant and the offensive line was blocking like the greatest offensive line we've ever seen. And Joe judge was doing cartwheels on the sidelines, talking to Mac Jones and everybody was hugging and slapping asses. And they were, you know, they were, they were whatever they'd be 10 and two or nine and three or eight and four. Then Greg and I would have said, Hey, look, Belichick got us like Belichick. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. He's proven it. He had an idea. It seemed like it was a disaster, but it's actually worked out. He would have gotten credit if this worked out. It has not worked out. And so the guy who deserves all the credit when it works out deserves all of the criticism when it's a disaster. And that's what's happening. And I, before, you know, we'll get into some other stuff here before we wrap it up. But I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> this week, they're going to play Arizona. Arizona is one of the worst defenses in football. Okay. They're going to play the Raiders after that. The Raiders played better in the front seven last week with Jerry Tillery and Chandler Jones. Jones had his best game of the season. He finally woke up after being invisible for the entire year. But these are two defenses that are susceptible. And what I can see happen is this offense looks better over the next two weeks. And some people are going to go, see, everybody was freaking out too much after the bills game. No, Mm -hmm. Do not judge and evaluate this offense when they play mediocre to bad defenses. Judge this offense when they play good defenses, when they play teams that are that they're battling, you know, to, to beat in the division, et cetera, et cetera. That's how you judge them. If they beat up on a bad Arizona defense, it's, it's just like what they did against Detroit. They beat up on a bad Lions defense back then. So let's not overplay the hand. This offensive situation's bad. Greg's right. If Bill O'Brien wants to come back home, Belichick has to be on the phone with him already. You got to bring him back. You got to bring somebody back that has a history and a resume of their, of themselves. They know how to run an offense because if you go into year two with Matt Patricia and Joe judge, I'm done. I don't even know if I'll do this podcast. If they come back with those two guys, um, Mac Jones is going to start looking like those bad free throw shooters who try left-handed. He's going to start throwing the football left-handed at a certain point. Cause he's going to run out of options. You screwed up bill. And, and the best of the best, wh- whether you're a programmer in radio or you're a head coach or you're a manager at Starbucks, or you, you run a fortune 500 company, the best of the best at the top of the Hill, they know when they screw up and they reset and they correct it. Bill, it's your time this offseason to correct all of this shit. Because if you don't, again, if I'm RKK, out the door. All right, um, before uh, we get to uh, three up, three down, let's get to bet online. 
Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. A couple of other nuggets before we get to three up, three down. Um, <laughs> this is this is going to make Nick's head implode. And by the way, I'm you're with trying, you. You're trying I, to send me. You're trying to you're trying to send me to the rubber room today, aren't you? I, trying I, to- I really am. <laughs> I I heard that Evan Rothstein, Patricia's nerd from Detroit, and he's been with a few teams, never a coach or whatever. Get this. I heard he's in charge of the Patriots pass game concepts. He's not a coach. He never has been. He's best known as when the, when COVID was ravaging the lions, he called the defensive plays for a game. And everybody talked about how he knows the defense better than anybody. Of course, that was Matt Patricia's baby and he's Matt Patricia's guy. And now because Matt Patricia's on offense, Evan Rothstein is on offense. And so not only do you have Matt Patricia and Joe judge who don't know what they're doing, you have a nerd who's never been a coach coming up with the pass game concepts. And you wonder why the Patriots offense is where it is. Um, by the way, remember all that talk about having to simplify, you know, to make it easier for everybody so they can play faster. How's it working here? And how did, oh, it reminds me of Bruce Cassidy coming back with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um how has Josh McDaniels done instituting his very complicated, nobody can understand offense to an entirely new football team at this point in the season? Who's, who's ahead on that front? And the other thing I wanted to mention, one of, and I think we've talked about it on the pod, but one of the biggest F-ups that they had, and it was one of the earliest ones, and it should have been a sign of us what was about to happen. Deciding not to have a fullback on this roster has only contributed to the downward spiral of this offense because when this offense in the past has needed to go back to basics to be like, we stink, this is what we need to do, whether it was on the most recent Rams Super Bowl run after the Steelers lost and they went, they, they went back to the ground, go back to the ground, go back to what you can simply execute, put a fullback on the field to help the blocking, and it's always worked. And guess what? McDaniels did the same thing in Vegas this year with Jakob Johnson, and Josh Jacobs has taken off, the Raiders' offense has taken off, and that team has taken off, while the Patriots have no other options. So it's led to their struggles. Just stinks. It just stinks. It's a, it was a bad plan. It, it's been badly put together. And again, I feel bad for Mac Jones, man. It, like, first of all, he has not been given the support system. The play calling is stunk. Then Bailey Zappi comes in against two bad defenses and he's got some of the fan base chanting for Bailey Zappi. Mm-hmm. Then he has a story that comes out last week from our friend, Jeff, Howe. you know, the, 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 the possible, you know, don't, don't completely rule out Brady going back to new England it's like, if I'm Mac Jones, I'm like, can I just play football? Like, can you guys just give me the support system and let me play football? Can you let me develop and grow into the quarterback that I can be? I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback. Greg doesn't think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback, but the guy is good enough. He showed that last year. 
Like help this young man out. I'm at the point where like you either help Mac Jones out the right way this offseason or honestly trade him, trade him and reset at the position because you're just going to continue to burn this dude out. And it's embarrassing. And I feel for Mac and the people that are getting on Mac. I'm sorry. Look at the rest of this football team and, and just look at the top. It's not it's not Mac Jones. He's got better talent this year than he had last year. What's the difference? It's not like he woke up and forgot how to play football. He didn't wake up and forget his mechanics. This is all because of Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, and Joe Judge. That's what it is. This poor dude is getting dragged for nothing. Not on him. Three up, three down, Greg. So I'm going to go three up. First of all, I only had two up on defense um, since day. I guess you would say they were the better unit. I'm going to go Josh Uche. He had two sacks, even though, like, people, let's not go nuts about Josh Uche, okay? Especially... He's going against a left tackle who literally fell on his butt just getting out of his stance the other night. Uh, Devon Godchow, I thought actually, even though the run defense wasn't great in this game, it wasn't about him. It was about other people. I thought Godchow played really well. He looked really motivated in this game. And uh, Marcus Jones, you know, for his not only his touchdown, but I thought he did some nice things in the past game as far as dropping in the zone and getting into uh, space to 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 sort of mess with Josh Allen. I thought he did a really good job there. And as far as three downs, um, you know, I, I'm not going to put Connor McDermott there. It's too early. It's too easy. Let's go with guys that like that should have been better in this game. They've been here. Mac Wilson and Raquan McMillan are one. These are part of the triumvirate. You know, the people that we heard about. Nick, they're going to be faster on defense. They're getting faster. You know, if these guys can't play and play well against the Bills in this game, a team that you've been preparing for for a whole year, what the hell are they doing here? Like, could you be more of an epic failure? Did, did the Patriots look faster on defense against the Bills? No, because they weren't. Uh, Jonathan Jones. Oh, man, if you thought J.C. Jackson got roasted by Stephon Diggs uh, last year, this was worse. And Jonathan Jones, like, you know, he he was just – he was a disaster all over the place. Add in the, you know, the penalties against the Vikings and stuff like that. Man, he is on a tough stretch right here. And things aren't getting any easier with DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. Uh, yeah, good luck. And Jack Jones, the rookie. Um, it looks like the better teams are seeing stuff on film and they're really targeting aggressiveness. I mean, you know, lucky for him, there was a ticky-tack holding call or else he would have given up a 40 one yard touchdown pass from, from Allen to Diggs, And he just had a tough time uh, in this game. I also want to mention uh, Trent Brown and also Mac Jones um, did not play well in this game. So I just wanted to mention those guys. Yeah. The, the book is out double moves on Jack Jones and he's yep. got to figure that out because they kept doing it and it kept working. <sighs> I ranted. I know I was a little bit emotional, more emotional than usual, but I'm fed oh, up. Good, man. This Thursday night was that, that was the brink to me. That was it. That was, that, that was the, that was the come to Jesus moment. I've had enough is enough with this team and this structure and, and Bill Belichick and what he's done to this young quarterback. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Nick C radio. If you don't, then don't he's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by our friends at athletic greens and betonline.ag. We're back later in the week to preview the Cardinals game till then be well. <laughs>